Edwin's so funny and I'm just <laughs> a jackass. Sam, did you watch the uh, first presidential debate last night? I did not. Oof. I did not. Because there's two more. There is. Yeah. Which is troubling because I felt like yesterday... I. The general consensus is that yesterday went pretty well for <laughs> HRC. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Trump just made a fool of himself, essentially, which is what I want. But he's been doing that all along and he still has support, so... He has tons of support. So, I don't know. I feel like I get, I'll get too emotionally invested. Also, it's at like 9 o'clock to 10. And I even... When I didn't watch it, I couldn't sleep for a while. That wasn't just uh, from your workout schedule. <laughs> exactly. So that's very, very high stress, very high anxiety. So I feel maybe I should just taper off. I still get enough information from like Twitter and all my feeds. So Facebook was pretty unbearable and Twitter was pretty unbearable Yeah. to read. Uh, yes, because I also did not watch the debate. Just, I, I just can't. Yeah. You know what? The more I don't read the daily news, the happier I am. Mm. So I'm kind of, I have been tailing off just how closely I follow current events over the last, say, I know, month or two. Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel better. and <laughs> I feel less upset and angry. And I am now of the opinion that you just should not read the daily news. No good can come of it. There is very little influence you have over world events. And it just makes you depressed. But I, I, I still think there's validity to being able to change other people's minds when they certainly need to be changed for the better. For example, the conversations that you might have with someone to not vote for Trump mm-hmm. can be more informed if you are more up to date with current events. How many people do you think will change their mind? Though I'm, I'm, I feel like there's very few people that are like that are kind of oh maybe I'll vote for Trump. I don't know. Well, I know this that is based I've, on absolutely zero research. So here's the thing. So there have been instances where uh, there have been people that said that said that they just simply vote for anyone else other than Trump, mm-hmm. and that might not necessarily be the best strategy because then Trump would still get the majority if everyone else voted for someone else and it was all spread out. Oh, I see. Right. Yes. Right. So. In this case, you kind of want to go against the strongest opponent that isn't Trump Mm -hmm. so that all the bets are sort of hedged with that person. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. The protest vote, but it needs to be kind of coordinated. Exactly. You can't just not vote for Trump. Right. So in that way, I feel like I've actually convinced a few people that I've had a conversation with regarding that matter. Mm -hmm. One, because I cannot vote. Right, that is also a good point. I cannot vote either. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also largely why I'm like, oh, well, fuck this. This is just bananas, batshit news that is depressing as hell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't deal with it. Um, And then I tell them, if you don't vote and Trump wins, I'm most likely going to go away from this country. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And then I go home and cry. What about the argument that New York is so democratic that there's no point in voting which i've heard for some people mm. yeah which makes me angry because i'm like you should 
I don't care. You should still vote. I don't think that's the case. Like Trump is pretty much, this is his hometown. Oh yeah, what is? I uh, have I got that the wrong way around? Let's have a look. New York. How do I even Google for this? I don't know. Oh, right, they are Democratic. Over the last three elections, 57, 62, 63%. So there's also the added complication of it's not just voting for the state level, it's then the number of seats they have in the place of representatives. I haven't watched the latest CGP Grey video. <laughs> I have, and was so <laughs> completely confused that uh, is all that information has instantly left my mind. I should probably yeah. know this, because I took U.S. history, but that was in high school, which is 20 years ago. I did buy a book on U.S. history after going to Washington, D.C., mm. which I then promptly never read. <laughs> Big surprise, so Edwin. Get to- <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> We can look forward to that in a future book club. <laughs> Speaking of book club. Yes. I have finished another book since we've last spoken. I read this book called Alibaba, the house that Jack, Jack Ma built. It's essentially the story of Alibaba. Who is Alibaba? I thought he was a cartoon character. Well, Alibaba is a fictional character. Oh, okay, good. Alibaba and, and the 40 Thieves. The, oh, yes, The Number of Thieves. So what, what was the book called? But the book is called Alibaba, and it's about the site Alibaba.com, oh, which okay. is a Chinese, Chinese website. Chinese search engine? Oh, yes. Which okay. I PO'd for like a good bazillion dollars, and Jack Ma is one of the richest men in the world. You can essentially manufacture anything on Alibaba. Which is amazing. So if you needed like cardboard boxes for something that you're selling and it needed to be cardboard boxes that are made in a specific way, they'll actually create the, create the, the dies and the cuts for you and ship those boxes That's to so you yeah. at a more than reasonable price. But you have to order like thousands at a time. But it's an amazing service. It's like, um, it's sort of like having your own 3D printer. But on the other side of the world. Exactly. Yeah. The book was just okay. So I like the parts about where it talked about Jack Ma cause, and his ideals on like what are the core foundations of his company that he built up. So I think we are doing book club, by the way. This yes. is a retroactive. This is the book club section. This is the book club section. So I'll do it really quick. So that part was good. <clears throat> and I like the part on like uh, the type of mentality, the type of, I guess, principles that he set on his company culture, which is very interesting and like how much of a salesman he is. And like his background, he was like an English teacher that sort of got into like the startup business pretty late. And so that was inspiring to read. Um, And that was probably like maybe one third of the book. And the two thirds of the book is like count by count examples of how certain deals went. Because I think the writer of this book was actually someone or a partner that actually has worked with Jack. Mm, and so, Duncan Clark, a former Morgan Stanley investment banker. Exactly. And I right. think it was one of those... He lo- he's all about the deals. <laughs> it's also one of those... Op- deals. Yeah, it was like he wrote this book also because he missed out on investing or buying stock options for Alibaba. Uh, and he could have made like a gazillion dollars as well. Just, just like, like the other book we read whose like name is completely forgetting me. Adam... Pr- Adam... Smiley face. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Dutch, the Duchess. The Duchesne smile. Duchesne smile. <laughs> I keep thinking it's the Duchess smile. 
I've been listening to you too um, much of a certain podcast. <laughs> um, yes, which prompted the book because he didn't buy stock in Morby Parker. Exactly. Oh. And so every... You know every, what? I'm not going to buy stock in things and then write a book about it. <laughs> I think you need to have the sense of loss, though, of almost <laughs> investing in it. Or maybe I should do the opposite and buy stock in a dumb company and then write a book about my loss. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of them companies okay. if you want intros let's talk after this <laughs> so the rest of the book is actually like oh so he met this partner um, and didn't agree with him and agreed not to give him money for this funding mm-hmm. and that fell south but all of a sudden they got funding and just like on and on about these like accounts of who gave them money where the money this, went and then she said this and then exactly this money went and here, how then they made up the relationship oh boy uh and so it got a little bit too tedious um but i did finish it and was this an audible book or was this a this was an audible book okay and so that was the other issue is there are lots of chinese names and lots of chinese cities mm-hmm. which i'm 100 percent sure the narrator messed up uh i do not want to imitate it because that would be racist <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not racist if someone else has done it <laughs> and you're just channeling them. We're not <laughs> sure how that, that's, that's how it works. That's how it works again. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I'd probably give this like two or three out of oh, five stars. Perhaps our lowest book club rating so far. Maybe. I've actually no ways. Well, no. You, you have a zero <laughs> for the devil you know. Uh, what did I rate uh, Steelheart? probably a one or two okay yeah (laughs) i'm glad i still retain that title thank you for reading it so i didn't have to yep i appreciate that i was not watching the presidential debate last night but i was watching nfl football like sports like some sports yeah as part of my quest to become a real american real life american uh last year i started following the nfl from a basis of zero understanding mm-hmm. of what the hell was going on. Dabbled, just watched, watched some of the games. And then this year I jumped in foot first. Foot first? Head first. Head first. Head first. Jumped in with two feet. Um, jumped in head first. Jumped in with two hands. Either way. Arms akimbo. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> or legs akimbo. Either yes. way. That's my drag name, by the way. <laughs> I've entered the Fantasy Football League at work. And in fact, I am now the commissioner of a fantasy football league. So it has been quite the baptism by fire. Hmm. Are you following the fantasy football with any sort of app? We are using the SPN fantasy app. Hmm. Okay. uh, For managing your roster and all the rest of it. Okay. Um, And I got to thinking, this sounds like the kind of thing Sam might like. Hmm. And with your love of games. I absolutely, I absolutely love. I absolutely hate fantasy football. Because one, I don't really, I haven't really invested a lot of time to, to fully grasp how fantasy football works. Well, let me tell you, just jump into a league that you have no idea how the fuck it works and be the commissioner. No, because I've what done the f- that plenty of times. And each time that I've joined, I lose interest for some reason. Mm. Okay, so I should say this is like three weeks so far. Mm. Uh, maybe the honeymoon period. I'm still you know, well and truly in that. And I get lost when there's, there's drafts. So initially, you probably had a draft of players. Right, I had to organize that. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was a manual draft? I'm sure there was like an auto-picking process, right? Uh, no, this was a manual draft. What? It was kind of fun. Yeah, there was like 10 of us in the room. A couple of people weren't there, so they got auto-picks. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the 10 of us, we had beer and pizza. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. 
I <laughs> I had like two tabs open, one with the the picking software, which was a ghastly flash experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one was the dummy's guide to picking your draft <laughs> round by round. <laughs> it was like, first round, get the best wide receiver. Second round, get the best quarterback. Oh, no, no, actually quarterback's a bit later on. So do you know all the positions and like how they're played? Uh, slowly getting there. Interesting. Slowly getting there. Luckily, there's a couple of guys at work who are well into it and they've been very helpful. Well versed in the sports ball. Yeah, so I've been asking them dumb questions. Mm. So, And they've been very patient. Okay, so that's interesting. You hate it. Just because you're rubbish at it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much true. I mean, do you like football? Uh, I... Mm, okay. What is I, your sport of choice if you had to watch a sport? Oh, wow. Okay. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Sam's mic is not cut out. That was just a very long bit of silence. Yeah, I don't think I really watch sports all that much. A little tennis? I would watch tennis. I watch tennis. I watch soccer when it's the World Cup. I watch the U.S. Open for golf. Oh, there you go. If oh, you are such a golf watcher. <laughs> my dad is around. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the Ryder Cup is starting this week. What is Ryder Cup again? Is that the boats? No, that no. is also golf. Okay. But it's where there's a team of American golfers play a team of European golfers. Ah, uh, right. That's right. Or a Ryder Cup. Hmm. So that's kind of more fun than just like a regular tournament where you're like, yeah. oh, yay, this person, or yay, that person. Mm-hmm. It's more like a transatlantic rivalry, if you will. I do like a skins game. They go shirtless. You go, exactly. <laughs> Everyone is shirtless. This is what, what I should be watching. <laughs> well, I don't know. Have you seen some of these golfers? Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, no, I retract that. <laughs> um, well, you know, of course, the best way to play golf is Super Stickman Golf 3. <laughs> which I have almost completed. I just can't get the last level of the hard tournament inconceivable land gotcha but you don't know about that because you don't play it i don't play it you're have you played actual golf you're missing out do you know what i have mm-hmm. in fact there was even a period of time when i took some lessons and i owned a set of clubs and had the little spiky shoes nice turns out there weren't many other people who wanted to play with me so mm. it was so, you know, I'd go to, like, the putting green or right. do, like, the driving range. Sometimes do, like, the front... Front nine. Front nine or the back nine, mm-hmm. but just playing solo because I was also self-employed this time, so I could just go on, like, mm. a Tuesday afternoon when it was empty. So, I think one of the best ways to play golf, especially if you're starting out, is to do a scramble. Is this something else you've made up? No. And you can't describe is, very well? This is something that i i still can't describe very well okay. but um okay. i've played it once or twice so hopefully i can I, I can have a better attempt at it so scramble is you usually have a team of 4 mm-hmm. versus another team of 4 okay and it can be any number of players it already sounds unwieldy yeah and so what you do is everyone hits the ball at the starting point right everyone has, everyone starts time? off at the same time everyone <laughs> at the same time okay, you just is, go no this is, this is carnage one by one you you know you hit the ball Tee off. To, to to a certain distance. Okay. And in your team, whoever got the furthest shot, you will everyone on your team will then oh. go from there. And then that continues until okay. you get it in the hole. Oh, okay. And so for each team, the you want to make sure there's counts. someone there's like, there's at least one person who's actually good at golf. Right. Oh, that's nice. But it's fun. Oh, that's cool. Right. Okay, that, yeah, that does sound good. Should, maybe we should play golf one time. Yeah. I'm also down for going to the driving range because I actually like the driving range. Yeah, it's been a while since there's one pretty nearby. Chelsea Piers. We should do that. Outing. 
Should we talk about the Impossible Burger? Sam, what is the Impossible Burger? Um, it is the burger from Impossible Foods Company, which is partially funded by Bill Gates. And you have surprisingly deep knowledge about this to be put on the spot. I'm very impressed. It is uh, a food company that sort of researches on different, more sustainable ways to produce meat-like substances. Uh, and one of the first products that they come up with is the burger patty meat. This sounds like a veggie burger. Which is like a veggie burger. But rather, I think normally a veggie burger is made of like oats and stuff. Um, <laughs> right. Oats, beans, yeah. scrapings off of potato peelings. Right. And doesn't necessarily taste like meat. So the Impossible Foods Co. is more focused on replacement foods that actually could possibly taste like meat. Which I sort of have a problem with conceptually anyway. But yeah. But yes. We'll get to that, I'm sure. In, in yeah, time. and I think um, their hope is that by making it um, a replacement of actual food products, like people would possibly switch to have a more sustainable food source rather than eating cows. This Impossible Foods company has made this burger. And David Chang? Uh, his restaurant. Yeah, Not he was so he was so blown away by this. He was like, I have to serve this burger. Mm-hmm. In my with one of my restaurants, and he has the Momofuku Mini Empire. So I think for now, it's basically available in two locations: one in New York and one in San Francisco. And you can go and get this Impossible Burger. The thing about David Chang is he does sort of like to play up the food with really good quality ingredients, but serve it in a way that's probably feels very colloquial. For example, he uses really good ingredients to make um, Korean foods that you normally have in like hawker stands. Oh, I see. Yes, he's doing like fancy versions of exactly. street food. Yeah. So that was that was the sentiment with this burger as well. It was like using the Impossible Burger meat, um, but overall, when you see it, it's like just a normal plate of burger and fries. Right. So the thing that's amazing about this is that it has like a. I don't want to say it bleeds, but it certainly has like a redness to it this like gives you like the the impression that it's like cooked medium rare and it has like a nice sear on the outside it's like brown seared patties i think to a naked eye or the casual observer oh this is just a hamburger made with delicious cows eight of us from the office went uh and it's like uh, 10 past 12 just walked straight in and got a huge table which i was quite pleased about i felt quite smug about that you know, the food came out right away. There was like yeah. no pretentiousness in the staff, which is very nice as well. And all nine of us ordered the Impossible Burger, and then one of us ordered the. Someone always has to be different. What did they? What did this other person Edwin. order? <laughs> the pork buns. Pork buns. Yeah. Well, I do suffer from. I'm not even sure there's a name for this phobia, but I can't order the same thing as my dining companion. I think is called <laughs> being a little bitch. <laughs> No, they're just something really awkward that I just couldn't bring myself to be the seventh person that's ordered the same thing in a row. But everyone ordered it. Right. And that was sort of like the mission of this lunch was to have the impossible burger. It is true. Uh, luckily, I had my co-host with me who agreed to go splitsies. <laughs> I had to go and find a knife from like the back of the restaurant. <laughs> but the pork bun was delicious. It was delicious. Perhaps, ha- perhaps more delicious than the burger. Um, I would Which agree. Which cues into our next segment quite nicely. I would agree, but um, after I had that meal, mm-hmm. I had 
what is probably the most gassiest that I've been in a long time. <laughs> I'm so glad I sit on the opposite side of the office to you. I was so gassy that I wasn't sure if it was from the burger or from the pork bun. <laughs> so I had to go again with oh, another group to. of coworkers <laughs> um, to have one whole burger for myself. Which would either make you explode in a giant <laughs> ball of gas or have no effect whatsoever. Exactly. I'm really excited to find out the results of this experiment. The first option. (laughs) I felt so awful. Something about the Impossible Burger and my... Makes it impossible to digest. Yeah, it's just not right for me. My mind was probably not confused, but my body was certainly confused as to what this This new form of protein was. (laughs) What I struggle with is, if you're vegetarian, why would you want to make your vegetarian food look and taste like meat? But I suppose this is a different slant on that in that it is trying to appeal to meat eaters to say, yes, you can still have the flavors and the texture and all the things you want from meat, but we can do it in a much more sustainable way that doesn't require vast amounts of land and flatulating cows to to create this effect and this destroying the environment. We had a vegan person with us the second time around, right. and he really enjoyed the burger. Is it also vegan? Uh, it is vegan. Oh, huh, awesome. But he used to be a meat eater previously mm, and okay. so yeah, it well, was very enjoyable to him because it was as close as you can get mm. um, to having a real hamburger without it actually being a hamburger but at the same time like i think the burger very closely mimicked um like an in and out burger mm-hmm. it was which, quite a thin patty yep thin patty lots of fresh vegetables plus a sauce that's very unique to in and out and so i felt that kind of hid the the fact of the the actual burger flavor but right overall, it was it was a very well dressed burger yeah but overall it, it is a delicious burger but like as you said like is this really the best representation that you'd like to have of this new product that could possibly be used for other things and i think i would contrast that with the guac burger at by chloe mm. which is it's another vegan spot that is open recently in uh, proximity to the office and they do a guac burger where the the patty is like a black bean and something else burger. And I think I would I enjoy that more if I had to choose between the Impossible Burger and the guac burger. I don't know if you've had it. Not yet. Because that is like unashamedly vegetarian. It's like this is a lump of vegetables mm. mushed down and cooked. And there's clearly not meat. Have you tried the veggie patty from Subway? <laughs> no. I actually like the veggie patty from Subway a lot. Give that a shot. I actually would, between the two, between the Impossible Burger and the veggie patty, outside of gastrointestinal reasons, <laughs> I would actually prefer the Subway veggie patty. There's just like a texture to it that's very unique um, that almost, to me, makes it seem like it's like um, Japanese oden. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like fish cake. No, I've not had that. It's kind of like that, and I kind of dig it because it's like that. Give it a try if you're ever walking by Subway. And, and I'm pretty sure that you like Subway. I will have Subway maybe once a month. There you go. There is a Subway literally opposite my building. I can wake up in the morning, look out of a window and see a Subway. <laughs> yeah, we okay. live in New York and we shouldn't be going to Subways, but, you know, every once in a while it's yeah. fine. Yeah, and you go to Jersey Mike's all the time. Do you want to do a final little uh, game thing? Yes. Because I'm going to do a little report on... Enyo. Was it Enyo? Enyo. Enyo. Enyo, Mm -hmm. Which was a recommendation from Sam a couple of weeks back. Very similar gameplay style to that pixelated 8-bit one. Hoplite. Hoplite. 
do you know what? I've I have tried to play it a few times. I've kind of gone through the tutorial maybe twice. Okay. <laughs> Something about it is not sticky for me. Yeah. Something about it, I don't know. I'm trying to work out what it is. Maybe it's too hard, or maybe it gets complicated really quick. It does get complicated very quickly. Yeah. Maybe that's my poor brain just kind of goes. Because what's happening? Also, I really struggle to remember which one's my character on the screen because they all kind of look the same. I'm like, oh wait, which who who am I again? Which is unfortunate because it's it's such a pretty game. It is very pretty, and I love the animations. And there's something about it that I feel is missing. Um, that also I had the same problem. I I've played it maybe twice or three times, 10, 15 minute increments, and then yeah, for some reason I just don't. We just yeah, you're right. It does a, get very complicated very quickly. I thought it might might just be my. Uh, my inexperience coming through but that's interesting to hear you had the same experience too yeah i have been playing something else recently and i i can't tell if i if i like it yet or not tell me more because i'm still beginning it it's called solitarica i just think of solitaire on windows (laughs) (laughs) it's it's based on solitaire but it's like um as you play the solitaire you're fighting off enemies each card that you're clearing through playing solitaire has a spell type associated with it so it could be like um there's an axe on it and then there is like uh, a blue element on it or like an or uh, a red element or even like a purple element okay and so and it's randomly distributed between the cards and so if let's say so the basic concept of solitaire is you have one card on the table mhm um actually i don't really like this game <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about another game that I played. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I downloaded I downloaded Solitarica a couple of days ago. I've been okay. deciding whether or not I like it or not. It turns out, as I'm explaining, I don't really like You're it. You're like, no, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop playing it right now. <laughs> and it was like $3.99. So shit. Sometimes, sometimes this happens. Yep. I mean, sometimes you have to support the, the game devs. Yeah. 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 So, but the great game that I played since we last spoke is uh, this game called Secret Hitler. Is that based on a board game? It is a board game. Uh, oh, I see. Yes. Okay, we've pivoted from mobile games to actual board games. Yes. Okay. okay. But you did mention games. I was quite general in my description, yes. Uh, it is a game that's made by Max Temkin, who was a contributor uh, and creator, I guess co-creator of Cards Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it is the, the, the game, the current game that Trin and Jen of Friendshipping are currently sort of going to different conventions and playing with other people. Um, and which they actually promised me a prototype through Twitter and never actually sent it. And Follow up on that. Yeah. I actually got um, my Kickstarter copy, which came. And the Kickstarter copy is absolutely amazing. There's okay. like foil printing on the boards. The design. I know, I know is you're a sucker for foil printing. Absolutely immaculate. There are little placards for the different roles. One says president, one says chancellor, which I'll explain later. Oh, good. Um, so the game is a social deduction game. Uh, and I'll explain this very quickly. <laughs> I love that I can give you a visual cue now. <laughs> um, so it is a social deduction game, much like Werewolf or Mafia, where you're sat around a group of people pretending to be one type of people. So, in this case, everyone is considered a liberal or a liberalist. Uh, and you are a part of a German government that's trying to pass more liberal policies uh, for the sake of your country. I am thrilled already. Yes. And inside that group, there are planted but fewer numbers of fascists. 
and one will be a Hitler. Hence, secret Hitler. <laughs> you know, like in the movies, whenever they accidentally say the title of the movie, it's like the bum bum bum. Yeah, it's it's like that. So, in the beginning of the game, um, there are going to be a few fascists in a sea of liberals and one other fascist who is also the secret Hitler. Mm-hmm. So, the secret Hitler will not know who any of the other players are. He or she will probably assume that everyone is a liberal until they prove themselves to be fascists. Okay. The, the few fascists will know who each other are so they can undermine and try and pass more fascist policies. Uh, but they'll also know who the Hitler is. Mm. So they they are their goal is to try and pass as many fascist policies. Mm-hmm. Okay, how does one pass a policy? So great question because this is this is where the exciting part comes in. So oh, I was waiting for that. And every turn, one person is going to be uh, the president for that election election term. Mm-hmm. That president can then choose any other player uh, to be chancellor be the chancellor of that government um, except for the previous people who have been a president and a chancellor so anyone except those two people so once this selection gets made everyone will then vote whether those two people then represents the government okay and this is where the voting comes in because let's say I'm a fascist and I choose you to be a chancellor People mm-hmm. are, are going to wonder, like, why did Sam select Edwin to be the chancellor? Like, are they both fascists? You know, are they trying to pass more fascist policies? Mm, I see. So that's when they vote yes or no. So once that government passes and says, like, yes, that's fine, um, there are going to be three random cards provided to me, the president. And these three cards have a random chance of either being fascist or liberal policies. So with those three cards, no one knows what they are. I have to then discard one of those cards and pass it over to the chancellor, those two remaining cards. The chancellor will not know what those two cards are as they're handed to him. I am the chancellor in this you're example. You're the chancellor. Okay. Then you're going to select, you're going to look at those two cards, discard one of those cards, and you have to pass the remaining card as the policy for that government. Okay. So, the interesting part here is that me as a president, I could have drawn three fascist cards mm-hmm. just by chance. Yeah. I will discard one of those cards, which will be fascist, and give you two remaining fascist cards in which you will then have no choice but to discard one fascist card mm-hmm. and to pass a fascist card. But Unbeknownst to me. Exactly. Yeah. Well... You'll oh, know. You'll oh, know. Oh, I yeah, get to see it as well. Yes, okay. You'll see oh, it once see. they're handed to you. Right. Okay. Okay. So the thing here is that um, there's no communication while this is happening between the chancellor and the president, mm-hmm. but you can communicate what happened after it has happened, after you pass the policy. So let's say that as a president, I had given you a choice of a liberal policy and a fascist policy to you. The chancellor. The chancellor can then pretend, oh my goodness, like you have given me two fascist policies. 
and then lie to everyone else in the group that you had no choice but to pass this fascist policy as you discard mm, oh, the secret right. liberal policy that no one else will see. So this is where the guile and the trickery <laughs> begins. Um, and so that's essentially the game. Gotcha. Uh, the, the liberals win if they pass six liberal policies or if they manage to kill Hitler. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can kill people once you start having uh, presidential powers, which is part of the reason why you want to pass fascist policies. So, oh, I see once you've passed enough of them. Right. So each fascist policy that you pass will unlock a presidential power for that term. And they're, they're, they're different based on how many players are playing. Um, so, mm. yeah. Nice. So how many people did you play with? 10. Nice. And which is the maximum. Did Hitler win? So it, it was very even. So I think uh, okay. the way that the, the voting works and then the way that the policies are passed, to me, it, it gives you uh, more room to lie and more room uh to try and select the right people and to me like mm. this is probably one of the best social deduction games that i've played what was one we played where oh god uh, uh... i think it was called the resistance yes yeah <laughs> thank you i knew you'd know great yeah okay uh also nazi themed hmm. was it no no it's more okay. like future oh okay gotcha. totalitarian government mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, so what I just explained sounds a lot more complicated than it actually is. Once you mm-hmm. actually start playing it, you'll see how things sort of flow smoothly and actually fits the theme. Yeah. Um, but overall, great game. Five out of five. Boom. A plus. You should get it. Nice. Is it? Has Components it? Is great. kickstarted? Is it now available for general sale? No. It's okay. only still available. It's only just being distributed to Kickstarters. I don't know when okay. it's going to be open to public to buy. I think you can pre-order. Gotcha. Nice. Well, I like how our show was bookended with the presidential debate and then a game about fascism. All things that could possibly come true. <laughs> uh, is this the show? That's that, it. That was the show. Okay.